there will be earthquakes. I have it right here in Luke 22, verse 11. But all of you know this. There'll be earthquakes in divers places. There'll be signs in the heavens. The weather will be whacked up like uh, it, we've seen it. But, but me and you, we, we are to get happy about this because we can look up, the Bible says, because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So if you are scared, that's not a sign of being saved. If you are scared about what's going on in this world now, that's not a clear sign of salvation. Because the bride of Christ, when you hear these things, it ought to make wedding bells go off in your head that, that it's getting close. And this is why we are going to be where we are today. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about uh, we've been talking about being deceived and, and living in a strong day of deception. And this kind of goes along with that. But I want to kind of narrow in on what you need to be focused on, on a personal note, and I need to be focused on. So let's pray, okay? Lord, we do need you because there is an adversary, Lord. We, we know, God that just waking up and making an attempt to come to church today was a no-no because Satan, he, he doesn't like this, Lord. So I pray we could learn. God, there's going to be all kinds of effort made from the demons and the devil, Lord, to keep people distracted right now. So God, I rebuke that. I, I know there's nothing people can do on their phone or, uh, or doodle on a piece of paper or say to somebody that's going to help them like this Bible I'm about to read out of will. So God, he's a thief. He's trying to steal right now. So God, I rebuke him. I call him out. He is exposed. You made this day. We're going to rejoice. We're going to be glad in it. And we're going to do that by looking into your word. So help us, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you were to look in your resources tab on the multitudes app or you were to turn into your bible to luke i'm sorry second timothy one chapter one verse nine this is the scripture you would read it says who hath saved us talking about jesus and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, I read it, but I don't think you did anything but just kind of listen. So I want you to read it with me. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So let me start by telling you that everything about your life from the time you were born until this very day right now, it has never been about you. It's never been about your family, your job, your things, your plans. It, it, it's been about 
the purpose of Almighty God. Everybody. And it doesn't matter how much you embrace it or reject it. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. And that wasn't just for our own good. You were made because the Lord God had a purpose in mind. Well, what about all those hundreds of millions of babies that have been aborted? They were still made by the hand of God for His purpose. doesn't matter how long you live on this earth. You've got to accept the fact that you were made for God's... What about people, ladies that were raped? You were made for His own purpose. Now, carnality, sin, and all these things always get in the way of things. And they're not bigger than God. They're certainly not better than God. But you were made for His own purpose. And sometimes we, we mess up a beautiful plan God had for us because God didn't create robots. He created people. And when you create people like God did and does, He still allows you to choose between good and evil. He still allows you to walk down a narrow road or just hop on the, the wide, the, the broad road. But there are a few scriptures I just want to point out kind of quick that has to do with His purpose. And you know what? You probably know them already. One of them is found in Romans 8, 28, but we're going to attack on verse 29 because it says, And we know that God works all things together for good, for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed. You know, that goes right along with uh, Romans 12. It's hard to understand once you are saved. It's an ongoing process. You are conformed and you are to be transformed. That's, that's a process. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. So every day, He's making me more like Jesus. And I've got to understand that. If you've been saved for quite a long period of time, that has no bearing on the fact that he's still working on me. He's still working on me. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. The what else? Sun and the earth and Jupiter's. There's only one, but I just threw an S on it. Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. That never stops. God is not through working on us. We may not want him to do anything else, but he's working because, remember, he created you for his own purpose. And he also said, for those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And if you go back into Jeremiah's book, the 18th chapter, this is what you'll find. The vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. There's a great analogy here. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. And Isaiah said this, Wanda shared this with you a while ago, but now, O Lord, thou art our father, 
we're the clay, and thou our potter, and we are all the work of thy hands. So let's just look at that for a minute. Let's just imagine God sitting down with a piece of clay on a pottery wheel and a, a vase. Let's say he's making a vase, and he's sitting there, and the whole time he's not in a suit, He's not wearing an apron or anything like that. But he's just sitting there patiently looking at what he's doing and just think about the environment. It's dirty looking. It's, for me, it, it never bothered me to spin around. Have you ever been to the teacups in Florida before? Or have you ever been to the Tilda World or any of those uh, rides? I could do it, the Himalaya or the Mexican hat. I'll talk to you about what a Mexican hat will do to you after you eat Mexican food when you go ride one after church if you need me to explain to you the effect of that on some people. But those things going around and around, they, they didn't bother me at one time, and now I, 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 I can take the baby and go around one time like an airplane Whoa, Nelly, sit me down. It's over with. I'm about to just lose it. And that's the way it feels when God is working on me sometimes. I'm just going around and around and around. I don't see what God is doing. I forget because I have stuff to do. Anybody else got stuff to do? You got things to do? You, you're very important. You got a schedule. And God, we're not getting in, nowhere, and God's just taking, and he's... His, his thumb is bending over the rim, and I'm just spinning. I'm getting dizzy, God. I'm not getting anywhere. He said, but I'm working on you because I'm making you for my own purpose. You see, when God does that, we get dizzy, we get impatient, we get grumpy, and we, we sometimes want to get off the wheel, you know. In fact, Carrie Underwood said, Jesus, you need to take the wheel. But what we all need to remember is if you belong to God, he's got the wheel. Not the steering wheel, but he's got the potter's wheel. And he's working, and he's working. And when you get 50, he's still working. When you turn 21, he's still working. When you turn 65, he's still working. If you're 83, my daddy will be 83 this year, he's still working. It may not look like work. We may resist the work, but he's still working because he made me for his own purpose. It's hard for me to really receive that. Jesus is working on me, and I can't do a thing about it. I can enjoy it. I can let him do it. But, but let me tell you something, folks, before I go on. I have been under the impression since, you know, if you were raised in church, you may be here with me. Since I was about this high, you say, well, you ain't grown that much. It was a hush when I was about this high. That when I got saved, the whole point of Jesus dying on the cross and me getting saved was so I could go to heaven. Well, that's true. We're not going to do away with that. But do you know I was saved so God could start working on me 
for his purpose. Now, uh, I want to show you, based on the words and the writing of Jesus and what we read in the Bible, I want to look a little bit farther into what his purpose is. All right? Because I'm kind of confused on that based on my lifestyle, okay? Based on my lifestyle, I'm kind of confused, so let's look at it. You can just write them down. You can just read them out on the app. I don't care. But one thing, the first thing Jesus lets us in on in the Gospels, that his purpose is to seek and to save the lost. The second thing is Jesus, and these are just a few of the things. Jesus made it clear that his purpose was for us to bear fruit. We all bear different volumes of fruit, but we are not limited by God on how much we can. We are taught in Scripture that some of us will only bear 30-fold. So, hey, will you do me a favor? Will you close your eyes? Anybody that's not freaked out or embarrassed, will you just stretch your hands toward me right now? Lord, touch your servant. I belong to you. You made me. I'm here. My body belongs to you, and I just need for you to touch me because this flesh, it ain't no good right now, God. So I just need for you to use the vase. That's all I am. I'm a vase. God, so just use me. Touch me in my head. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you for praying for me. Hey, worship God with me. I thought I knew about a price tag last week until I preached and then, you know, price tag kind of still hanging there. But anyway, God is faithful. And we are to bear fruit. We are to make disciples. We are to do this. These are instructions, not suggestions or great ideas. This is what his own purpose is. We're to love one another. Imagine that. I love people that hate you, that do you wrong, that are trying to destroy you. Love them. His own purpose involves feeding the people, poor people, people in prison. This involves taking care of widows and orphans. This is what his own purpose includes. It also includes Healing the sick, you laying your hands on the sick and healing them. His own purpose concerning you still living on this earth is to set the captive free. That's what his own purpose is. Part of his own purpose is for you to cast out demons. Everybody doesn't need medication. Some do, but a lot of people need meditation. And what do you mean when you say that, Opie? I mean, you need to meditate before the Lord because you were made for His own purpose so that you can go 
at the right time. And you can relieve that poor soul of that vexing spirit that is driving them crazy. But I'm only talking about his own purpose now in which you were created for. He also said that we are to forgive people. Not only love people, but we are to forgive based on the rate of how he has forgiven us and how we want him to forgive us. We also are to use our talents. Now, let's put down the kickstand on the bicycle for a minute, okay? I don't care what you tell me. There's not a one of you breathing in this building. Not a one of you. That you have not been gifted with a talent and or talents. I say that because you were made by a creative God. And you were born into this world with nothing on your back. But hallelujah, you were born with something in your blood. Because you were made in the image of God. And you can never say that I have nothing to offer the kingdom of God or the church or the work of God. Because that is a lie and contrary to the very words of God himself. The devil has lied to you and you bought it. And by the way, your talent does not have a shelf life. That's the Holy Ghost in me right now. You can't retire. It's not old. You can't not do it anymore. It's impossible. You cannot be made in the image of God. See, this is why God says you just study, but then you get up there and be quiet because I'm going to say things you don't have a clue what I'm going to say, and that's what he's doing right now. So you can't never sit down on God. Whether you feel like you've served your time or you're not qualified or there's somebody better than you. All of those are lies, compliment of Satan. You can't be made in the image of God and walk around selling me that pile of stuff. That's the Christian version of what you would say in the world. Amen. Because that is what it is. I'm not trying to be funny, and I'm not trying to make you mad if you're really holy, okay? My brother-in-law's really holy. We found that out. But if you're really holy, I'm trying to drive something home. Quit crutching on lies from the devil because you can't be made by God and be of no use, no value, and have not the blood of God running in your veins. You can't. You cannot. You were either made in a lab up in Durham somewhere or in Silicon Valley or you were made by the hand of God. And it means you bring something to the table as long as you are alive. Because you were made for His own purpose. In this world, and I hate to use some of these words this morning, but this world has screwed that up in the Christian faith. And we've allowed them. We've took it, as we would say, hook, line, and sinker, and we're traveling with it. We're pulling against the rod of God. You want me to go on? Okay, number 12, pray. So we've got to use our talents. That, that's what his purpose is. 
Well, Opie, I don't, I don't know. Now, you got my attention when you started. You know, I thought you were cussing a while ago. Well, let me just go to Jesus. Here we go. I, I get all this from Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm giving out talents here. But you know what? He spent more time talking about the one person that took their talent and buried it than he did about the ones that reproduced. And he just blessed them more and more. So this is part, and we only just touched on 12 things. So, so let's go to our purpose. We've talked about his own purpose. I'm going to go through our purpose. Our purpose are, is boring, okay? Our purpose includes this. Okay, number one, our purpose is, I'm talking about as Christians now. We want to be wealthy. Hey, we want to be wealthy so we can buy stuff. So we can buy stuff, number two. All right? And we want to buy stuff so we can be recognized. And then part of our purpose after we are wealthy and we buy stuff uh, we want to do nothing, and, and we want to take it easy, okay? I mean, this is our purpose now. Everybody stop. We did this two weeks ago. Look in the church. Is there any available seating left? I'm up here by myself. There's not a camera on y'all. Half of you sitting in the dark. Acknowledge me for just a second, okay? Is there empty seats in the building? Thank you. See, you, nobody saw you. You're not on Facebook right now, so you can. it's okay to answer. They don't have a camera on you. There's empty seats. This is what our own purpose looks like. It does. Every one of you... You're going to say you're lying. You're lying. You're just you're pulling this out of the air. No, I'm not. Every single one of us in this, just in this building, not, not counting people watching this, you have access. You have direct access to 500 people that are not in church somewhere right now. You do. You do. A lot of you on social media you've got access to thousands that are not in church right now. Empty chairs in any church is a sign of what our own purpose looks like. We want to do nothing and take it easy. Now, I'm not, I'm not preaching at you today. I'm just giving you some information here. I'm not really able to preach today without probably having a very bad headache, okay? So, that's kind of what's going on. But number five, we want to have God on our own terms. Now, let me tell you what that means. We want to have God having to have our, I want to say it right, because I'm just speaking on behalf of him. We want to have God on our own terms and have our undivided attention only when we really need Him. That's when we want God on our own terms. When, 
when we've got it planned out, we've got it figured out, we're doing good, and, you know, we're, we're really busy. We're, we're busy. We're really busy. Hey, I thought about old Billy Graham this week. This is a butterfly, but I love this butterfly. I thought about Billy Graham before I finish talking about number five. You know, I quote this a lot because you see it all the time. You know, we showed that video last week, people looking down at their phone all the time, and uh, it, it, now it's showing, little, the, you saw the x-ray. Y'all here, you remember the x-ray of the little bones growing out of people's heads? This was real. This was like legit news that, you know, wasn't Photoshop and all that. Billy Graham said a long time ago, long time ago, way before I think even the Internet, he said, you know, we, have, we live in a day and age where we have devices to help us manage time and save time and keep up with time. But we have less time than we've ever had because we waste time. Now, what I wanted to say about that is we are, we're really busy. We're really, we're really busy. But if you took away just our cell phone away from us, I said us, so that means I'm talking to myself, okay? If you delivered us from our phones only when it was a real emergency and we had to, hey, I need you to stop and pick the kids up, or hey, I forgot bread, or hey, don't go that way. They're paving the exit ramp at 79, which is a true story. If you took our phones away for one week, one week, and you went about your, I guarantee you, everybody in here would gain at least 10 hours. And that might be, well, Opie, I don't stay on my phone that long. <laughs> I'm including unnecessary conversations. I mean, you don't have to. It's not life or death. If you took away our phones for one week, I guarantee you, for starters, we would gain 10 hours. We would. And, and so going back before we talked about that butterfly is we don't have time for God anymore. I'm going to say it. I wasn't even going to say it. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still clueless on how born-again people, and this, is, you know, this is stuff that I get beat up for, but I, I, I love Jesus. I, I love the truth, amen? And I love it when the truth is given to me. I don't see how people that are saved by the blood of Jesus can only come to church once a week. That was deep, wasn't it? I mean, that was ER, it's, the, it's all over, the carnage, it's everywhere. That was that deep. I don't see how two people same, saved by the same blood of Calvary can neglect the house of God. Just like I don't see how any two people can neglect, don't, don't get tender, just listen. Because I'm not this, is not, this is not here on notes. This is just straight down the pipeline right now, okay? I, I don't see how people cannot pray at least once a day over something besides your meal. 
if, if you do that. I don't see how saved people cannot at least spend five minutes in the Word of God today or using your phone. I don't see how born-again, rapture-ready people can not properly worship God. I don't see how born-again people cannot tithe. I don't see how people that's been saved by the cross cannot be serving God. I don't get that. And I won't understand it unless God himself explains it to me. Because he's already told me all those things I just told you that saved people will do. All I did was just quote the Bible to you in layman's terms. So, we like to have God, you see. That was a long, long detour. We like to have God on our own terms. We do. We like to have God on our own terms. And I'm going to tell you right now, what is bubbling, you better be glad I cannot get so animated today. I'd be ripping it right now. You hear me? But I'm just holding it together because I don't want to be puking later on. Or need to be knocked out. But I mean, it's at the base of my skull right now. You better thank God because it's a fire inside of me right now. But I, got just, I just got to hold it in the lane. I do. Because I want to see you living in such a level of victory that you make the rest of the church world stand in awe of the Jesus inside of you. That's all I want. I want to pastor that group of people. That's all I want. And I want to, hey, let me go back to me. I want to be that kind of pastor. Let's finish the list, okay? We want to have God on our own terms. Now let's go to number six. We, we, we want to be even more wealthy. Number seven, we want to buy even more stuff. Number eight, we want to be even more recognized. Number nine, we want to do even less and take it easy even more. And number ten, I hope you get the idea by now. Um, let's, talk, let's, let's do a Bible story before I, I close, okay? I want to do a Bible story with you about a man who was created for the own purpose of God. I want everybody listening very close, okay? His name started out, his name started out Saul. S-A-U-L. When I say that, I want you to say what that spells. S-A-U-L. Saul, I'm going to preach a message if I am living in a few weeks that's about religion, rules, and relationship. But Saul started out, he was created by God's own purpose, but Saul started out as a very religious man. He, he knew so much about, about the law. He was very educated. And I'm going to tell you, he knew the law of God so well that nobody could really do anything with him. And he was so religious, he thought he was doing God a service 
Because when Jesus came and he ministered for three years, and you know, he, he was crucified and he arose and uh, he were, was around for 40 days and he left that new way, he started persecuting the way because it wasn't, it wasn't religious looking. And the whole time, God said, man, you're, you're on the potter's wheel. He was kicking against the potter. He was. He thought he was living right. He thought he was doing right. But see, God had a better way. And to be so educated in, in God's law, I don't know how he overlooked. Because it was prophesied by people like Isaiah and Daniel, different ones. I don't know how he missed it, but he did. And so he, he stayed religious, but he, he kicked against what God was doing. And so, uh, this is what he did. Will you help me read it today? It starts off in the ninth chapter in verse 1. And we're going to kind of just go there with him for a minute, all right? I need you to read with me. It's going to be on the screen. So, I want you to read these scriptures beginning with verse 1. Do you have it? Y'all ready? Is it there? Well, it's coming. I feel it coming. You know, it's on the internet. It's up there. I told you that you just paved the exit ram. Y'all give us a break. Acts 9, verse 1. If you got your phone, it's not illegal to use it right now. You can pull it up on the app. Well, this is what it looks like. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and heard a voice saying, now you got to say it in like a Jesus voice. Here we go. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You did good. And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, again, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick Against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him again, Arise and go into the city and you will be. Y'all are the bomb and that's not a verse. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days and nights, and he didn't eat anything and he didn't drink anything at all. Now, 
I want to tell you this, church. Several years ago, some of you may know about it, you may have it. Pastor in California by the name of Rick Warren wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. You know, people, there is some, there are some wonderful, thought-provoking things in that book. Now, I'm not a, I, I, I don't endorse, and you might say, well, I heard this and all that. I listen to every preacher I listen to every week. I can't use every single thing that they say. But the meat that I can use, I chew it. And I chew it good. I said every preacher. And you may feel that way about me. And anybody else. But there are some, there are some great things. So let me just cliff note this thing real quick. You were made for his own purpose to live after you were saved especially for you to live on purpose. And you know what the body of Christ looks like a lot of times? I'm including myself. We look like we just wake up every day and outside of our own plans and agenda, we just wait to see what happens. We don't have we don't have any. Oh, I don't want a schedule. Blah, I'm glad I ain't got a man. You need a you you got a schedule. You do. You know when you're gonna get paid. When you're gonna go to the bank. When you're gonna deposit. You know when you need milk. You got a schedule. Amen. I don't care who you are. And you were made by God for His own purpose. And see, when we are struggling, and when we suffer loss. Every person in here, you've lost somebody to the grave. You've lost somebody that's dear to you. And see, this is when it really gets tough for us because, God, if you love me, why did this happen? And we forget that we were made. Or if we suffer some kind of setback or some kind of physical things. And by the way, here's another message. This is where you want to throw stuff at me. And I am definitely not here on this one as... Looks are not deceiving. But we, don't take, we do not take care of the temple of the Holy Ghost. For the most part, we are in pathetic shape. We eat unhealthy. We, we will think nothing about gorging and putting unhealthy things in our body. And we won't even like, we won't even try to bend over uh, and touch our knees once a year. Unless we drop the quarter and need to pick it up. And for all of you that wished I hadn't got onto that subject, Paul said that bodily exercise it does profit a little you see this is the way I look at it I, I manage I've been having this conversation and I've just she's my congregation and I've been preaching I said you know every day every one of us we wake up and we expect our bodies to be at a hundred percent because we got stuff to do amen y'all need to help me now I ain't, I ain't aggravated you all day 
but you're going to moan and groan now. We expect our bodies to be there and then some every day because we got stuff to do. We'll, we'll walk by and we'll cram a Susie Q in. And if it was possible to have a scooter like Walmart at home, we would ride a scooter from our back door to our car vehicle. Amen. Because we allergic to walking. Amen. I'm not being funny. I'm going somewhere with this. See, and all this, this is a, this is a trick of the devil. If you, well, I'm going to enjoy food. You can enjoy food, dude. I believe I enjoy food. This is why I was almost not going to wear this shirt today because that floaty I talk about, oh, he's almost visible. And this stuff just kind of rides with him. But I was so hot last week, I said, I ain't passing out in there this week. I just love y'all. We don't take care of ourselves, and so when our body starts failing us, we get all upset, and we wonder why. We've, I, I, and I make a joke when we're telling people about the school, and I, I really need to hurry. But y'all sitting down, and I'm sitting down, so I'm good with it. So here we go. We've had two workout rooms at the school almost the whole time we bought it. Now, here's the deal. Free of charge. And, I mean, we've got tens of thousands of dollars of stuff that was donated to this church. I'm fixing to, I am going to be the devil's advocate, and this going to feel good. Hey, cut the lights on. I want to see this from the front to the back before I do it. Y'all won't go work out. But you'll be there at 629 to get you a milkshake Wednesday night. And you'll be in line behind me because I'm going to be in first. But here's the deal, church. We cannot complete the mission at hand for his own purpose. We can't, we can't do it because if you don't feel good, you're not going to perform good. Amen? You have to lay out of work. You can't get stuff done. And so, and you certainly can't be about his own business. You, you can't do it. You see, his own purpose will always paint a picture of you giving gifts to him instead of going and always asking him for gifts. See, and that's what we do. That was that number five. We want God on our terms. We always want to go around and we, and we want to tell God what we need right now and then we're going to put him back in the box and we don't pay him no attention until we need him again. And see, if you're going to live this life on this earth, somewhere before all that stuff that you watch 10 minutes of, everybody, you're losing me. I know I've been up here a long time. I've been up here a long time. And it's bothered me worse than it's bothered you. But hear me. But this is all the meat some of you will get for a week. So you, I got to fatten you up. 
as much as I can. We want God, and we put him, we put him in the box, and then we say, okay, Lord, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need you no more, and then I'll get back in touch with you later. If you're going to complete your course like Paul, if you're going to finish the mission somewhere before all the earthquakes get worse, and I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's got to get worse because the word says it's got to get worse. But the bride has got to make herself. The Bible uses the word the bride hath adorned herself. So this is what we're doing today. I want, I want, to, I want to close in showing you and letting somebody else talk to you about the attitude that we all need to have concerning his own purpose before it gets any worse and it needs to start right now. I just want, I want it's two minutes and then we're going to pray. When you enter the beautiful city and all the saved around you appear, what joy when someone will tell you it was you who invited me here. Um, there's a day when I'm going to stand before Jesus. And uh, I ask myself, okay, what's going to be my gift for him? For all that he's done for me. How, how, am, I going to, how am I going to try to express to him what he's done for me? And, and it's certainly my gift is not going to be me because I know me. There's just, there's just a lot better people than me, so it ain't going to be me. And, and then I, I begin to think, I, I know what my gift's going to be. I'm going to bring, my friend, I'm wrapping this up. I'm going to bring as many people as I can. I'm going to bring as many people as I can. I'm going to, I mean, I, I want there to be a celestial heavenly traffic jam. I mean, I want, I want the heavenly angels to have to kind of police it and rope it off and bring them in. And I just, I mean, I don't want five, I don't want ten, I don't want a hundred, I don't want a thousand. I want to take, I want to take as many people to heaven as I can because that's what Jesus deserves. That's the gift that he deserves. That's the gift he deserves. There is no other gift. The gift he deserves. Let's bring him to Jesus. Let's take him to him. Let's show him. Lay trophies at his feet. Let's take them to Jesus. He deserves it. He's the king. He's the healer. He's the savior. He's the forgiver. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the bread. Let's take them to Jesus. To him. Only to him. Amen. Would you stand up? Would you say that's what his own purpose is about? I think this is very ironic. Joe, I, I want us to sing something this morning. I, I don't know what. But in my Billy Graham devotional, I, I took a picture of this down at the bottom. Because the title of it is, The Day is at Hand. 
today. If you, if you have it, you'll see it. It says, hope for today. Everybody listen. Think about the last 24 hours. Did you love your neighbor well? Seek peace? Make disciples? Would you consider the hours well spent if they were your last before meeting Christ face to face? See, his own purpose is all about everybody else but me. His own purpose is about every single person on this earth but me. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. And see, we live in a deceptive age where the world has reversed that and it's told us to just, this is the only life there is. Just live it large. Live it while you can. And, and listen, folks, I believe in enjoying life, having a good time. I really do. But it's about, there, there's, a, there's an announcement in the bulletin today. There, and most of you haven't met this man named Tom. But he and his wife, they're moving to Gibson from Pennsylvania. He, he's come to the church a couple of times. They're unloading, a, need a help unloading a truck today. I know it's Sunday. But it's an ox. And I was just going to, I told Tom, I said, Tom, maybe I can get a couple of guys to just meet with me over here at 5 o'clock. Help you get it unloaded real quick. But then the Lord started dealing with me this morning. He says, what would it say to Tom? What would it say to the neighbors? What would it say to one another? If just everybody from this church that could showed up down there at 5 o'clock. And I know everybody can't. But I got to thinking about that when the Lord dropped that in my heart and says, man, that would look like his own purpose. Because every one of us, we go eat ice cream today. I get it. I'll probably still squeeze it in anyway because I've talked about it. And now I want it. I ain't going to exercise today because it's Sunday. But you could still do all this. What would it look like? It looked like his own purpose. The, the ones of us that show up would just nod and say, yeah, this is what it looks like. And see, then we would begin scratching the surface. Barbara said something about a month or two ago, and I don't know if it was Sunday or Wednesday, but and we can't do it right now because I'll perish. But you know, I think about everything from the LOL equipment I think about all the things we can do for his own purpose. But we got to win the lost. We got to win them, church. I can be preaching to you about miracles, about God's want to do great and mighty things through you, and all that's true. But at the end of the day, Jesus came to seek and save the lost and to empower his people so they continue doing the work. And anything outside of that is less than his own purpose in your life and in my life and in the life of our church. I believe next Sunday, not 500 or 300 or even 100 or even 50, 
But I believe every person in here could be mindful about his own purpose. And you could find somebody that not fill up this place, but you could find somebody that desperately needs to be in a church. And as long as we got room, I'm going to be partial to this establishment, and you know that. We've got to turn the page because the earthquakes are not going to quit. The tremors are not going to quit. I left out the first 10 minutes where 150 whales and, and, and dolphins and all, all kinds of things are happening to animals and the elements and all. It just keeps going on. I left so much out. I don't even know if the, the hailstorm where they were in Mexico driving. I don't even know if that made it on that clip or not. But there's all kinds of signs of the time appearing everywhere. And we got to be about His own purpose, you see. There's still going to be Facebook after the rapture. There's still going to be Google. There's still going to be a pride month. There's still going to be all kind of great causes. There's still going to be filth. There's, all, there's still going to be all this stuff. But we that are on our way home have to turn the page and say, it's got to be about His own purpose from here on out because all this other stuff is just something to deceive me and keep me away from His own purpose. So like Rick Warren said, I've got to live a purpose-driven life from this day forward. If you are not a believer and... You say, I can't leave here today not saved, Opie. I, I'm going to ask you to just meet me at the altar. Just people that are not saved. I'm obeying God. It started last week. You'll see in a minute. You, you, you are not, you, thank you, brother. You are not ready. The, this whole church service today is more about people being ready than anything else. Not about weights, not about milkshakes, not about it's, it's more about people being ready than anything else. If you're not a believer, if you're watching us online, you are still logged on right now because Jesus wants you to know you can't afford to close your eyes without Him as your personal Savior. And He wants to save you right now. And all you have to do is say, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I'm tired of being damned to hell. The Bible says, He'll take your sin and he'll, He will get rid of it. And He won't even be able to, God won't even be able to locate it anymore. But, but you, He will give you a new name. And you will begin to be able to live out His own purpose. You're watching right now and God had you here. So He could tell you one more time how much He loves you. And that's all any of you have to do. Maybe you're not moving. You still can be saved and you still need to be saved. Now everybody else, this is the way we're going to... This is the way we're going to leave. We're going to pray. 
Can we do make me an instrument, Joe? I'm sorry. Make me an instrument, an instrument of worship. I lift up, if you're not doing that, do it. My hands in your you have them raised sing I love you Lord singing I love you Lord singing I love you Lord pray together before we leave God the page has to turn today it's got to be for your own purpose Lord I surrender my hands are in the air God because I've got to surrender to me I've been living on purpose for me my purpose Lord but God you've kept breath in my body for your own purpose Lord God, beat it in my brain that you're going to give me mine one day. That's why you went away to prepare a place for me, Lord. Help me to get my mind off of this carnal life. God, and the only reason you bless us is because you love us so we can be a blessing. The only reason we have a home, we have a vehicle, we have food, we have knowledge, we have resources. It's for your own purpose, God. So, Lord, help, help us do that, Lord. Live for that purpose, your own purpose. Help us to decrease so you can increase, God. Lord, in doing so, we will lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. And, God, I pray that you would help us to understand what we pray so many weeks. And that is to let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and our redeemer and God's people said amen.